I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. Frustration at the U.S. military prison in Guantanamo Bay boiled over into violence this weekend. The showdown had been coming for weeks. You could even say years. The flashpoint was a standoff over hunger strikes. More than 40 detainees have been refusing food for weeks, and some are now being force-fed. There has been growing anger among detainees over their indefinite confinement. Carol Rosenberg covers Guantanamo for the Miami Herald. She was on a cell phone when we spoke with her just before she boarded a flight to Guantanamo Bay today. Rosenberg explained what was going on when fighting broke out on Saturday between guards and prisoners. There had been a protest going on, and about 60 to 80 prisoners had been refusing to go into their individual cells and had been doing a sit-in in a communal cell block, which by its nature allowed prisoners to eat together, pray together, spend time together, kick around a soccer ball together. But they were supposed to go into their cells and let the doors close by an electronic locking device on the orders of the um, guards. And they hadn't done it for months. So before dawn on Saturday, the uh, soldiers went in and forced into these communal cell blocks and one by one forced each one of these communal, ostensibly cooperative captives into their cells and locked them inside. This operation comes in the context of a hunger strike that some of the prisoners had. And the prison says they can keep hunger striking, but they've got to obey the rest of the rules. So everybody's in lockdown while they figure out how they're going to manage this hunger strike. And do you know this part of the prison where the fighting broke out? We know it was Camp 6. We know it was in the cell blocks. Because inside the cell blocks, the captains kept to one side of the door, and the guards were on the outside looking in. And so when the guards came in to push them one by one into individual cells, the military told us they fought back and refused to go into their cells. In the course of the operation, the military says they fired off rubber pellets, what they call less than lethal gunfire. They say nobody was seriously hurt, nobody was hospitalized, but there was a, what sounds like a brawl, quite frankly. So with all the detainees on lockdown in single occupancy cells, I mean, uh, does that mean that there will be no more hunger strikers unless they are going to be force-fed by the U.S. government? No, hunger striking continues. They're continuing to say that 43 of them have refused at least nine meals and will not eat. The military says they're not trying to break the hunger strike, but that they wanted to be able to have eyes on each one of them in order to decide when and how and to easily carry them off for these forced feedings. What are the demands of the detainees at this point? Well, the lawyers have been pretty consistent in saying that the issue was a search of the Koran that they considered to be pretty aggressive. The underlying issue is the ones who have been cleared years ago by a task force of the Amara administration say they should be able to go home, that the U.S. intelligence, foreign affairs offices, and all of the different institutions of government went through the files and concluded that nearly 90 of the 166 men could be transferred but for restrictions by Congress and, frankly, restrictions by the White House on return to Yemen, where many of these men are from. So in short term, they want to be able to turn in their Korans because they think the soldiers don't respect it. But in the overarching long term, they just want to go home. Carol, one of the detainees described in detail the process of being force-fed in the New York Times this weekend. And once you read it, you can kind of see why the U.S. uh, group Physicians for Human Rights uh, sees force-feeding as approaching torture at some points. How does the U.S. government justify the force-feeding? 
The U.S. government says that, that they cannot allow someone to suicide at Guantanamo Bay, that they consider it, A, inhumane, but B, it would look bad. They have international obligations to care for these men. This is the position of the military, and that they believe their obligation is to keep them alive and healthy, even at the risk of using these very aggressive systems of feeding them through tubes, which, as you point out, some international medical groups say is at odds with medical ethics that people should be allowed to starve and that some people describe as, as, as torture. This is a choreography at Guantanamo that's been going on for years. People refuse to eat. The military concludes that somebody has become too malnourished or is too weak, and they take them, they strap them into a feeding chair, which involves shackling them in place, and sometimes using a head restraint, and then tethering this, this medical tube up their nose, down the back of their throat, into their stomach, and pumping in a can of nutritional supplement. The military is very defensive of this. They don't consider it torture, and they think that this is a humane thing to do and that it's medically approved. But we heard from the International Committee of the Red Cross last week that they consider that force feeding, and they don't approve of it. Carol Rosenberg with the Miami Herald. Thanks so much, Carol. Thank you, Marco.